Okay, welcome back to episode number 18. How are you guys doing? Let's go. Inspired. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I just want to say a quick shout out to everyone who's given us such amazing feedback about episode 17 about does money control you or do we control uh, your own money? So thank you everyone for, for listening. Thank you for tagging us in the stories and thank you for also sharing it with your friends. It's a way that we're growing every week. Now, of course, if you like us, if you support the the stories, the episodes, the lessons, please continue to tag us in your Instagram story. We don't have any marketing budget. We're not promoting it any other way. It's just purely word of mouth. So thanks a lot for that. And uh, yeah, let's get ready for episode 18. And thanks for those that have already started to work on their personal finance, downloading apps and a few workbooks. So looking good. And actually just building, building on that, any stories that you've had already of uh, changes that you've seen or any observations, it'd be great if you could share it with us as well. So yeah. Great. So you're here with myself, Olu. Pebilo, Shiwal, and Daniel. On this week's episode, following up from last week around personal finance, um, some of the viewers and listeners wanted to hear about side hustles. So how do we generate other sources of income? So on this week, we're going to talk about side hustles. We're going to break it down, what it means to each one of us. And then we're going to go to the book review, which will be taken by me. Uh, so stay tuned and let's get started. So what does side hustle mean? What is side hustle? What's the definition before we sort of start getting into the topic? So who wants to shoot who wants to shoot the shot first? I think P, you should you should go for this because you got a lot going on on the side, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's you know what's interesting for me actually when I was thinking about this topic, um it's actually it actually goes beyond just trying to generate income on the side. For me, when I think of side hustles, I think about developing an array of different skills. Mm. So the 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 line which stuck with me, I think, a few years ago, which it was sort of build your skills, not your CV. So it's it's like it's this concept of when we when we as when we're in our sort of twenties, we should be trying to have like a, a flurry of activities just to sort of find ourselves, experiment, and see what works. Um, because you actually find that you can actually be. It's quite fulfilling trying different things and seeing what you perhaps like beyond your day job. So I think it's a lot more than than just uh, starting something just to try and generate some income. It's really about the skill set that you that you can actually build along the way. Mm. I think when you, I agree with you, um, uh, Peter. I think the normal and traditional definition for side hustle is basically whenever you have any or you undertake any additional um, job to generate income um, apart from your main source of income. So for myself, I'm a finance manager. Um, so that's not my, that's my main source of income. So any projects or things that work outside of that area to generate income will be classed as a side hustle for me. Yeah, no, of course, of course. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. But what I was, kind of getting the point across which was when I when I look at it it goes beyond like for example if you you tend to if you just focus on the income Mm-mm. your side hustle may only be very short-lived correct but what I'm saying is if you if people go into it saying okay I should actually look to start being on the side um, in parallel of my day job or in parallel of my business and I'm doing it to build my skill set 
it becomes a much more you, you take the approach I think which is a much more positive towards yeah, yeah, yeah. side hustle, right? It's a it's like an experimental approach. It's no longer about whether you succeed or fail. It's just about doing something outside of your day job. So that that for me is is kind of uh in my obviously experience as well, uh helps you to get through because it can it can be very difficult. We can get into it doing something in parallel of your job. It, I guess I think- it goes to it goes to motivation. Like what's your motivation for it? And I think, Shuwa, you can jump in. Like, because depending on what your motivation is, would decide if you're only doing it to generate some quick cash or some cash, True. or if you're doing it to gain skills or look at a long-term vision or goal. Mm. And I think just just uh, building on what Pete's saying, I think um, sometimes when when people are assessing what a side hustle is, or actually this is an idea that I have, should I start to work on it a little bit a few hours after work? Because it's not generating a lot of money in the first first month or first six months or even the first year or two years, people look at the associated income that isn't coming with it and they decide to drop it off. Like a prime example could be this podcast that we're doing, right? We're on episode 18 now. We haven't generated any income from it yet. And maybe we may not for another few months, maybe another year or whatever. But during this process of doing this side hustle, we're learning, we're growing um, and we're developing a skill set that will hopefully bring us opportunities either through this vehicle or another way sometime in the future. So I think it's important, as you were saying, Olu, that with a with a side hustle, it's it's important to know what the objective is at the beginning, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be income related at the beginning. And I think as long as you're open minded to that and you can see all the other benefits, then you'll you'll hopefully have bigger opportunities further down the line. Mm-hmm. But that is obviously one avenue of side hustles. There's many other things that we're all doing on the side that will generate money as well. But I think what's an important aspect that P's saying that don't don't get too attached on the on the price of the side hustle and the income of the side hustle too early because it may close certain doors later on that you that you're not even aware of at that stage. Yeah, and it's, it's also it's, it's also for me like side hustles are a great way to discover <clears throat> about yourself. What else is out there? What else can you do? Uh, you find yourself tapping into areas that you realize, perhaps I'm actually quite good at this. Um, and so, if you just if you decided not to tackle a side hustle and just stick to your sort of regular day job or your, or your business, it's a missed opportunity. The, the other thing for me, which which uh, for side hustle is that it's a great way to fill the unused space that we have in our days. So we all sort of waste time, generally speaking. Uh, and if you add you know, one or two things in addition to your into your day job, you become overall overall more productive. And uh, the other the other sort of sort of line that, that stuck with me as well, it says the biggest tax is not necessarily the one you see on your on your paycheck, it's actually being idle. So side hustles keep you going, uh, and it can also be also serve as a great downtime as well. Mm. Mm. So Daniel, um if you jump in, do you feel like everyone needs or should have a um a side hustle and do you need to be like an entrepreneur to be a to have a side hustle because i think these are some of the myths that we hear when we think about side hustles oh can i am i skilled enough to have a side hustle on this um i don't think everyone needs a side hustle it depends on yourself as a person Hmm. it's i see a side hustle as something that you enjoy doing rather than doing it for monetary value but it should be do it should be something you do because you have a passion for it whether it be a podcast, I wouldn't say, for example, this podcast, we didn't start it because we want to generate money. And that is not even on our, that's not our prime reason why we started it. If it comes, it comes. But the, the main reason was for us to to learn from each other and just to share content. And that was the premise of it. 
So anything that you want to necessarily say, make a inverted commas side hustle, it should be something you first enjoy because if not, it's soon going to diminish and just go back to what it started see, but, into dust. See, so what you said there is, I agree with everything you said, but then I would turn around and say, then everyone should have a side hustle. Yeah, I'm on that side of the argument. I think everyone I, I, should I, have it. And well, maybe well, okay, if, if you're doing something, money, if, okay, everyone should if, have one. If you're doing some, okay, no, if you're doing no, something, for example, your day job, if it's not something you enjoy, then maybe yeah, you should have a side hustle. But if your if your day job is something you really really do enjoy, that's doing, you're doing something you love already. But well, even if you love so your day job, maybe 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 you could, maybe, maybe, maybe you could take that avenue and do something similar on the side and mm. build on that. But I wouldn't say you have to be an entrepreneur to have a side hustle. You don't have to be business savvy to have a side hustle you just need to get started and do yeah. what you enjoy yeah I, yeah even if for me even if you enjoy your job i think yes you should definitely have something on the side yes you might not wanna you might not generate money yes you shouldn't go with the intention of okay let me do but i believe outside of your normal day job you can gain some sort of skill you can go into a different area you can, there's so much um there's so much that the world has to offer. And I think you see with certain people who reinvent themselves so many times mm. where they don't stay in a box where they're like, oh, I'm an artist. On the side, they'll maybe go into acting or like they go into so many different areas. And I feel like as humans, we should never go through our life and just be like, okay, I did one thing for all my life. Mm. I was able to do multiple different sides because you might find out yeah, things yeah, of that yeah, exposure yeah. That, oh, you know what? I enjoy this more than what I'm doing right now, or I can go into this field later on. So, I, I personally, I think everyone should have side hustles. Yes, I think, I think, I think Gary, v, I think it's Gary v that talks about <clears throat> it. Is we just spend our 20s trying to do as much as we can to figure out what actually is going for us. Um, and so I, I and I look at sort of society today. If I was to look at, um, and I think it just seems to be now a way of. Of living, people people have one or two things going on outside of their you know regular day job or what you know them for uh, to really what they earn what they earn money for. But I was just actually thinking, sure, when we've when we've interviewed people for roles uh, or even internships, what stands out for me are those that are actually doing a number of different things outside of um, <clears throat> you know uh, coming from university or outside of their actual uh, weekend day job. So it actually makes you even more of an interesting person. It gives it gives you a lot more to talk about when you find yourself um, networking uh, in sort of Pivot social up. groups. You know why so that's so funny? It's the number. The right. reason I got my graduate job wasn't because of my university grade. wasn't because of it was because at that time I had started a business called Everything Uni. If you guys remember, at university, yeah, which was supposed to compete yeah. with like eBay. It was supposed to be the the eBay, <laughs> the university version of eBay. I spent the job interview, not talking about my qualifications, not talking. We spent the interview just talking about my business, my business plan, where I saw it, some of the activities, gener what I've generated, and I was able to get the job. That's what side hustles is all about. You can gain skills that are, can be transferable and go into multiple different fields. Yeah, totally agree. I think also just building on that nowadays, this generation that I think we're part of, and if I think about my younger brother and stuff, if, if, getting jobs and everything is becoming a lot more competitive. So to really stand out, you need to have these additional 
things going on on the side and i think for me personally it helps me pabila mentioned at the beginning you you become a lot more productive with your time a lot more disciplined so i think it shows that skill but also it really allows creativity to flow now i'm not nothing against big companies because we've had great opportunities to uh, work within big companies and travel and see the world at the same time but your level of creativity that you're allowed to express in your role can be quite limited in these big kind of machines that we're working in. So having these side hustles also allows the creativity to flow in different areas. And that's, some, that's a muscle that we need to really keep working at, especially while we're young and in, in our 20s like we are. Because if you stop using your creativity after a few months and years, then that starts to become very, very low. So, so it's important to keep a focus on that. And just building on your point, actually, about being multi disciplinary etc this this is why i love i mean you can argue if he's the best person or not but some people like kanye west or virgil abloh who started off in a particular field be it in music or art etc and now you see them in in kanye west for example designing clothes buying buildings virgil abloh started off as an architect who's now a creative director for louis vuitton and you see him traveling all around the world as a dj now i find that very inspiring for our generation and i think that shows that at the highest level in those particular industries you can do things in two three four different areas and still do it at a very very high level so why why everyone can't do that i don't i don't see an answer expanding on what Shoel mentioned about in this day and age i remember read uh, listening to an audiobook by uh, many years ago maybe about 12 years ago by Brian Tracy is called um, The Psychology of Success. And he was talking about how we work so many hours, say like a nine to five job, um, you're doing 40 hours a week. But after that, you're not doing any productivity in your own life. Mm. Um, And you're basically wasting time. So he's even talking about saying, if you do two extra hours, say on a project yourself a day, Mm. multiply that by five days per week that's 10 hours extra a week you're doing on your own personal development on your own actual life rather than just adding value to um another person's company <clears throat> and you, you multiply that 10 hours per week by 50 weeks in a year that will give you 500 hours of productivity each year mm. so, and a lot. 500 hours translates into more than 12 40 hour weeks mm. which is an equivalent of three extra months of productive work in each year so if you even just take two hours per day five days a week compounding that onto your your working day you can be a lot more productive and in what you're doing or creating an area for you to you know enjoy yourself learn new skills because yeah we're talking about side hustles now but even those two hours could be even translated into reading or picking Mm -hmm. up a language Mm -hmm. or whatever your passion is it could be just any two hours on something could have an astronomical effect on the trajectory of that development area So, like, what are some of the myths you hear about um, side hustles? So, do you need a lot of money to start? Um, what are you guys' views on that? And let's throw out some of the myths that you hear about side hustles. One of the big ones, obviously, you think about do I, does it cost money to start? But also, do I have enough time to start it? And I think people always think, oh, I don't have enough time. I come back from work and I'm tired and or there's not enough time in the morning because I'm commuting. There's various reasons you can come up with. Also on the weekend, things are coming up. But if you really, 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 really want to do something, you'll naturally make and find the time for it. And even as Daniel was saying, if it's one or two hours a day, you heard how that compounded over a year, how much of an impact that can make. So I think one of, just going back to your question, Olu, I think time is one of those myths that people think they don't have. But if you really assess your day and how much time that you're 
allocating for other activities, then you can always find an hour or two a day. And you heard from Daniel how much impact mm. it can have. So there's the time. I guess there's the money aspect. Is there um, which, yes, you don't need a lot of money to to get started. Um, even us doing this podcast, we haven't spent much money on it. We use apps like Skype, Zencast um, to record. It's not, it's not um, expensive. No, I think, I think for most of us to get started, the, the barriers to entry are very low. So I think to get started, you don't need um, a lot of capital. When you're looking to scale at a certain stage, then of course. But there's no excuse for any of us um, to actually start different things um, or to say money is actually an issue. Because you'll find, like you mentioned, a number of free apps or a number of free trials and then it's only maybe £10 a month and these kind of things. So it's um, capital. What about skill? Because that's one that you hear quite a lot. I'm not knowledgeable about this particular field. Like, for example, when we started this podcast, how much did you guys know about recording? I think I think I think I think I think that's just I think anything that you try and say to stop yourself from starting a side hustle is just an excuse. Yeah, exactly. It's just an excuse because 100%. there are many resources out there for you to find that available and relevant information for whatever maybe you're trying to do. Because whatever you're doing, you're you're not. What the are some of those? What today. are some of those sources that <laughs> you're not use the, you're... to find that knowledge? By speaking to people, mm. so using Google, the internet, YouTube, I guess. Is, you know, I use YouTube quite a lot. There are there are many. Instagram, Twitter, you can DM people who you th- who can you can see that are doing something similar in the space that you want. Honestly, network, we've spoken about it in previous episodes. If you connect with the right people, um, that can honestly unlock so, so much for these side hustles. And I mean, I've seen it firsthand for myself. It can open up so much more understanding and can speed up the progress as well. So, I, I, Yeah, I think, I think to, uh, Olu, uh, to your question, YouTube is, <clears throat> is the biggest number one source to... to... Yeah learning about you realize very quickly like you said someone said it you're not the first person to to start it. there's so many videos of somebody already working on what you're doing in another country in the u.s or canada mm. so um you're like i don't find that anybody's alone in doing this it's just a matter of how motivated and then you said it passionate you are about about wanting to not only start but continue stay consistent so i think it's i think i think the consistency is probably the biggest challenge yeah. with side hustles mm. Because there's actually there's actually nobody unless you create a network and you do it with um, with other people. I think one of the reasons why we are going to last as a podcast is because it's a four. Uh, whereas if we was perhaps a two or just a one sharing ideas, it's a lot more difficult to actually continue to like. Push we can even talk about this episode. Like we are we recorded this episode on <laughs> Thursday <laughs> Thursday morning. I think if it was one of us doing it we probably wouldn't record it or two maybe we wouldn't record it but the fact that you have four people you got three other people holding you accountable saying and just to emphasize just to emphasize Olu's point this is thursday a.m but we started recording at 5 15 a.m so it's very 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 early Next especially because especially after arsenal's that? defeat which is painful it's painful <laughs> but don't get me started don't get me started on the, the, the other the other myth is perhaps, is perhaps around uh, risk of burnout, and I actually find that, like I said, most of us we actually have a lot of wasted time during the day. So you're trying to fill out that unused space, and you probably realise that actually the, the hustle is actually quite a nice downtime. So mm. <clears throat> somebody listening to it now would think, well, I'm working all the way around the clock. Like 
when do I have time to relax? That hustle could be your 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 um, offering to relax. So I don't think necessarily the burnout is something which. Um, so how how do you how do you avoid that burnout? Because that is a that's a good that's a good um, concern to have or fear concern to have in terms of okay, I'm working maybe nine to five, nine to six, whatever time. And then now I'm going to be given, like we mentioned, maybe two hours a week. And then I've got family commitments, other commitments. How do you avoid out burnout in that area? Yeah, I think, I think it's like, um, I think there's an element of first accepting that it's a side hustle. I'll tell you why I say that in that way, because many of us want it to become the main hustle. So we're trying to basically push as hard as we can, maybe perhaps do so much at the front end or in the beginning because we want to turn this into our main thing and then that can be now something we do. This is what we do on a nine-to-five basis. And I think, it, like, first of all, when you accept that it's a, it's a side hustle, you then do it in bite size to begin with. So just so just spending, for example, if you say, okay, let me just start with one or two hours a day, you're probably going to realise in the beginning it's not enough time. I want to do more. I want to do more. But if I find if you if you can plan it just to do sort of two hours a day, maybe two hours in the morning, hour in the evening, and you're and you're planning your your agenda very well. I think that can certainly avoid um, the risk of burnout because then you're putting in your breaks, uh, you're putting in your time to go to the gym. So I think I think it's just about more planning. As just building on that point, for me, one thing is, and I think we we can use the tangible example as this podcast is, if you have a side hustle and you're interested in moving in a certain direction, you don't necessarily have to do it on your own. And normally, a task shared is a task halved typically so you can save a lot of time now we as a four have done this podcast and we've split the we split the work um between the four of us and i think that's allowed us to accelerate and stay consistent as well so if you if you're getting burnt out because you feel like you're doing too much maybe there's someone around you who has a similar idea and you can have a discussion with them and you you trust them enough to know that if you were able to work together you can move forward a lot faster as well so probably another way to avoid it is if you can find other like-minded people who want to go down a similar path and it normally accelerates everything so yeah i'd I'd actually i'd I'd actually say that your your ability to succeed in the first uh stage is actually based on the power of others so in my experience is trying to do it alone it's it's you i mean you have to be extremely self-motivated to be consistent and uh, to keep going even when you're not seeing results and so if you can actually i think i think i honestly believe now we've, we've experienced this we've all done something ourselves and we're doing this as a group i would actually recommend people to actually uh see if they can build a side hustle with somebody with someone else because that that actually is also more enjoyable and two i think there's there's greater chances of it um do you why do you feel like and maybe this is something i've seen and you guys might not agree with this but do you find with minorities, quote unquote, we we don't really like to do projects or side hustles together? Have you guys seen that? Or it's 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 funny. It's funny even say that because I was gonna yeah. say we don't even support. Do you see that? Or we don't we don't even support each other. About yeah, I do. Sorry, you're, you're tapping into layers that we haven't got enough time. We could probably do a whole episode on that. You know, but long and short of it, yeah, uh, we don't. It's not done. And it's not even just this and age. It's just something that's gone back many, many uh, yeah, decades. I think centuries. we'll park it this time, but I think this is going to be definitely a topic that we need to pick up on why 
minorities don't really either support as much as we should or even um do side hustles or projects together but um let's just, just, just lastly, on one another uh, a myth associated with side hustle is people don't necessarily know how it ends. Many people want like a master plan. They want to know how it's going to be for the next seven, ten, or next three years, four years, five years. They want a huge plan before they even get started. But sometimes it's just about getting started and mm. then working out along the way. Because if you never take the first step, and you're never going to take um, the first step. Um, Daniel, that's perfect. So that moves us like to the next area. Like, how do you get started? So let's now get more personal and talk about how you guys got started on your first hustle. What are some of the side hustles that you guys have? Um, so how do you guys get started? Or do any of you have any side hustles or are you just preaching about side hustles and man, you got side hustles. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Go on. Pick it off. Uh, so I can, I can so okay with I think the podcast is one which I think we we spoke about. Um, I mean, in terms of how to how to start that. So how did we start it? We started it by having similar conversations, probably as subgroups between the four of us, um, and then we had just a couple of conversations together to speak very high level about the concept, the idea, and before we could get into it too much, we just started recording, and then after recording, it took a, maybe a month or two, but we started to distribute it. So I think the key steps in that sense to start this one is one, just to find like-minded people who have a similar idea as what we've just spoke about. Two, have an overall concept in mind. You don't necessarily need to have an income goal or anything like that, but just have an overall idea aligned between you and whoever else is doing it. And three, just just start. It doesn't need to, I think people want to start and be flying out the blocks with high quality and overthinking everything, which is fine, but that can hinder people from just starting in the first place. And that's the most important part. So that's an example, I think, of one uh, side hustle that we've all participated in. Um, that has hopefully, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I know we have enjoyed it as a collective as well. So that's and to hear more, listen back to episode 12 if you haven't already. <laughs> great, great um, Daniel, Daniel's the one person that remembers all the episodes and the topics. Do you guys get it when some, like, someone says to you, oh yeah, I really loved episode eight, when you guys were talking about social, and I'm like, oh, that was episode eight? It's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because you know, like, because Daniel's doing all the all the um, text with all our media posts. Both uh, now, now you're making excuses for yourself. yourself, yourself. No, 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 the way I started, or my first, I'll say, side hustle was when I was, I think it was sixteen. So I went just really to the um, traditional buying and selling. So. I uh buying a sweet sweets. <laughs> no. So um mine one was um lamps. <laughs> lamps in IKEA. So I, I've got oh, okay. Amazon or I, I've got an Amazon account, so seller's account. So you can go into Amazon, create a seller's account. This is a side hustle you can call that you're gonna need a little bit of cash to start. But I was um I was in IKEA at the time, um with my mum. And I saw a bunch of lamps on sale for like four pounds. So they were doing this sales for four pounds. I was like, yo, these lamps are dirt cheap because they were doing a clearance sales. I could easily sell this online for 10 pounds. Like I've already easily doubled the amount I've paid. So I basically bought, I think it was around 30 or 40 lamps <laughs> at the time. And I stuck it in my mom's car <laughs> and took it home. It was so funny. It was so peak because I got... Yeah, I would have loved. I would have loved to have seen a vlog of you just stuff. Just stuff the reason why I saw people got to the till, 
And the woman was like, oh, we only sell 10 per customer. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me buy 10, <laughs> put in a car, came back, went to another two, bought another 10, <laughs> put a car, went to oh. another two, got another. And then I went online on Amazon and I put it online for 10 pounds. Or it was like um, 10 pounds. And then I did like three pounds um, delivery, like from Herms or whatever. So it wasn't like crazy amount of, uh, money in terms of I didn't end up making a thousand or whatever but I ended up generating a good amount of profit which I was able to then use and spend however I wanted so that was my first sort of hustle which was back to sort of the basic finding a product that you can buy cheap and then looking on Amazon or eBay seeing what price it is there and then selling it online mm. yeah for me um, the, the start of my side hustles came from wanting to solve a problem so I found myself uh, in my, the road, not road before, road before that, traveling quite a lot. So every three weeks I was on the road traveling and I said to myself, I'm, I'm losing time on wanting to start a business because I'm everywhere. I'm all over Europe. So I said, how can I, how can I start something um, and still manage it um, whilst I travel? So then I just basically started looking at online-based businesses. So first looked into affiliate marketing Started doing that, playing around, then moving what is to affiliate marketing, marketing mean? and then eventually. Yes. So affiliate marketing is basically where you're marketing a product um, on someone else's behalf, and then when the sale is generated, you're earning a commission from that sale. And then uh, moved into email marketing, which also can be another form of affiliate marketing, but it's of course in, in the word uh, email based. And then stuck with, um, and then moved, transitioned in, and then moved into e-commerce dropshipping products around the world. So it was, uh, it's, um, it's tough. It's, it's. Uh, that's why I was talking about the learning here. Doing something in a group, I think, is a lot more advantageous and would be recommended. But that was, that was it for me. Solving a problem, and um, when I started to focus more on building the skill set, which is marketing online as opposed to the income. And how much it was generating, then actually I've sort of uh, realized more success. And last by no means least, myself. Mine just comes from my traveling and having fun of taking photos, doing video editing, and so on and so forth, being asked to do it at other places. But I never expected to be asked to go and take photos at events and functions. It was just something I just enjoyed doing myself and just appreciating photography. And that's one thing also, of course, you've all heard me about my drinking and et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to hear my story yesterday. I spent a whole day traveling because my flight got canceled. I was up from 5 a.m. yesterday morning for a 10 a.m. flight, got canceled. I was in the airport all day and I got home after nine o'clock yesterday. So it's just a whole day of traveling and then an early wake up. It's just, yeah, yeah it wasn't nice. But anyway, share with the listeners your um your number one hot side hustle. Come on, man! It's not, what, it's, what, what? not the it's not the uh, cooking with DJ. It's not the what, what is it? Come on, man! Share with what them. is it? What, what is it? Tell me, tell me what is it? Right, Sky, baby. Huh? How are you working with Sky for the interview? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll keep that for another story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, the drinking. <laughs> so even make oh, it sounds like I'm some drinker. <laughs> Okay, uh, making drinks and making cocktails and then being asked to do that at various events and functions. And to be honest, it was, very, when I first, when I, the first one I did was very, very, it's tough because when you're doing the comfort of your home, you're doing it for yourself or maybe 
four or five guests or whatever it may be. But then I remember at Christmas, we had a games night. There were about 20 people. I was in the kitchen from 3, um, 3 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. nonstop, making drinks, making food, doing this and that and the other. But it was good fun. But you just learn how, you know, demanding it is, how time-consuming it is. And mm. because I've got so much um, care for attention and detail, you don't want to – sometimes you don't want other people to help because you want to provide a service that is of your quality and to a high standard each time. Um, but yeah, it just mine's all mine have all stemmed from things I've enjoyed doing. So you and, spent time where there was no income, there was no money there, and building and owning it like on your skill until the time where you gained that skill, and then people started to recognize it and say, "Okay, this is something that I would actually pay for." Similar to P, I'm not sure if you ever did it, but I spent a lot of my life playing football. So playing football. So then, naturally, I've seen a few clips. Still got that touch, though. I still got it. I still got it. But then, uh, naturally, <laughs> after that, I started coaching. So I did some of the coaching qualifications, and I'll say, sometimes with your side hustles, try to see if you can get some sort of qualifications with it. So try and see if you, because then you find out, mm. and I'm still even doing it now with qualifications that I got ten years ago you can then start coaching and similar to like freelancing your skills, find people, kids to coach and get paid for that particular time that you're spending. I'd, I'd even even add whether you're making money or not, invest in yourself, invest in what you're doing because you never know one day you might need what the resources or tools or anything it may be. Some people don't want to spend a penny, but they want to make money. Okay, that might be smart or good, but sometimes you need to spend money to make money. I, in the house, have bought, I don't know how many glasses now. And every time I go out, I'm, I seem to buy glasses. So I've got maybe four cabinets full of glasses. And you people, people, you, you know, and I've got another uh, cabinet full of just drinks. And you probably think I'm an alcoholic in the game, but that's because <laughs> the, 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 recent one, the recent one I bought were martini glasses because I thought, okay, I want to start making some martinis. So I bought some martini glasses, but it's getting to a point where I'm running out of space for my glasses. But yeah. do you know what? I'm not bothered because they will serve a purpose at the right time. And going a step further, You're I'm now going to buy a bar okay. to put outside. We're coming through um, to yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we need to record an episode. I'm on, I'm on my so I'm what on my is team. the most? Because I think we talked about different side hustles. What's your most lucrative side hustle? Not pocket watching, but what is your most lucrative mm. side hustle? So if people want to just do it for financial gain, well, well, let's say, let's say that has the potential to be no, the most lucrative. Both, you could do both. So, yeah. I would, but for example, for me, if I think about the side hustles that I've done that are generating incomes for me, then probably investing in real estate. I mean, you can classify that as investing or as a side hustle. I don't know which category you want to put in. It probably goes in both. No, it's a side hustle. It's a side but hustle. that's but that's something that um, I mean, I started off very locally, finding properties around where I grew up to invest in, and now over the years, getting more knowledge, getting more experience, getting plugged in with the right network having the right mentors in place. Now I'm exploring a lot more lucrative opportunities around the UK as well. And this is something which is, is being managed on top of my day job. So for me, that's that's probably the most uh, lucrative in terms of financial, financial gain. Probably the most benefiting for me 
non-financial has been Pupils to Professionals, which I think I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, which is an initiative of giving students opportunities and work experience opportunities that they wouldn't typically get access for. This one hasn't been the most lucrative financially. It's probably cost me money because I've had to put money in to pay for the students' travel expenses. But as an enriching experience for myself and what's been good for me and to see and help people, that's probably been the most lucrative in that sense as well. Yeah, sure. I don't want to repeat you, but yeah, for me, the most lucrative one has been, for sure, property. Uh, I mean, I mean the, stat, the statistics, I think, is around 90% of millionaires uh, is coming is actually coming through real estate. So hmm. I think for all of us, it's that would be property. Have you, heard about, the, have you heard about the social media real estate? Sorry? Have you heard about the, the social media real estate? It's where you can, I think I saw it yesterday advertised, no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. No, no, uh, I, know, I know. I know you're talking about real estate, like you know, property real estate. But I'm just asking: Have you heard about social media? It, it, I heard it for the first time yesterday, and it's about say having an Instagram page with ten thousand followers, and then someone can buy that page with an yeah. automatic reach of ten thousand. Yeah. How much? How much? How much they offering? For I think. I think bid inside of fifteen hundred. Mm. All right. Cool. But yeah, that that was a new concept to me, and. Whether people think it's stupid or not, I actually think it might be something that takes off because of the day and age we live in. Mm. People will pay for that if they can have access to a page already. Access to that number of people, people will pay. Well, let's give so one quick advice on to the listeners on side hustles. I can start this one. Three words: just do it. If you have an idea, if you have anything that you want to kick off. Think about it a little bit at the beginning, but just start and start moving through the process because once you start moving through the process, everything will continue to expand. So just do it. Yeah, for me, it's more than just money. It's about building skill sets uh, and it actually will make you even a more interesting person. Uh, yeah. I'll say, I'll say when the, in the famous words of Jim Rohn, if, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Mm, you're steal <laughs> um, that for mine is before you start, <laughs> truly understand your motivation. So depending on your motivation, that's going to decide what side hustle you're going to sort of navigate through. And if it's a bigger side hustle, find a partner. So find a partner that's going to allow you to drive mm. um, consistency, reduce the workload, and just keep you motivated and accountable. Yeah, the thing is, I agree with you, Olu, but the truth is that everybody's going to hit the roadblock. And the question is, what your motivation this is something like motivation is motivation says gets what's uh, motivation is what gets you started habits what is what keeps you going there's that, that there's something along the lines of it's about because everybody's everybody's hyped to motivate in the beginning but what, <laughs> what's gonna happen especially is especially you sometimes <laughs> as you're as you're as you're three four months in uh, then that's that's the real question. Are you still motivated? So, mm. I, and I think actually it will be a good, a great for another episode is how do we um, keep ourselves motivated, and do we actually believe motivation? Works? No, for sure, for sure. I'll for save sure. my quote. I'll save my quote for that episode. Then I got another quote. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Quotes. Okay, so let's move on to the next section, the book review section, which will be taken by myself truly. Um, so this week, the, the book that I wanted to go into is, um, the 48, um, law of power, um, by Robert Greene. Do you guys know this book? You read the book? No. Okay. So, is, it, is it by, uh, I swear, 
50 cents got something called the 50th lot. Is that 50th? Yes, he, he basically made a... <laughs> he copied the first four years and added two. Yeah. <laughs> he basically made a hood version for the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you read that version. No, I haven't. I just... I know about it, but I haven't read it. So, and the, fo- the book really focuses on um, really saying, looking at people and how people want power, watch power and how they protect themselves from power. Mm-hmm. So, um, P you mentioned 50 cent. I think watching this is 50 cent and knowing 50 cent and his personalities, character and how he, how, how, <laughs> how he, ambition, baby. His ambition. <laughs> and his ambition, you're gravitated to a book like this around power. Um, and the power really tries to look at, tries to break it down to not all human beings are logical and um, and we all have an animal nature mm-hmm. to us. So that's what the book is really focusing on is everyone's got a sort of animal nature and everyone wants power. So when you guys hear the word power, do you see that as, and I think, the Western society or society has got us to think that wanting power is a negative thing and you should feel guilty about it. How do you guys think about power? Do you want power? Do you have power? Like, what's the your views on power? <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting what comes to mind is... The show. Um, what, that? the TV show? <laughs> no, 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 not TV. No. By the way, I can't wait for that to drop. Um, but, no, what comes to mind is we, myself and Michael, Michael who used to work um, in Reddit. I remember him saying, he said something along the lines of, he says, I don't want, the, the income is, is the salary is whatever it is. I want power. So what he's basically saying is that, like the, the, the top executives eventually get to the point where you've earned enough and what you're basically striving for is to have that level of power. Mm. Um, Do you see it as a negative? So yeah. I, mean, um... I spend my time thinking about like, having power because yeah is it a negative mm, for me um, personally for me personally it's like when people are striving to have kind of like influence or when people are saying yeah I'm, i really want to to lead an organization because i can i'll be able to lead over people for me that doesn't necessarily sit right it feels weird to 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 think like that i think naturally if you if you try to I think Pabila mentioned it a few episodes ago. I think we're shifting to a more servant leadership model anyway. And I feel like for me, the leaders or the people that are higher than me in whichever category, the ones I aspire towards are the ones that are more of a servant leadership. So flipping that model of instead of trying to influence people from the top to down, you're really there to help them and help people become a better version of themselves. And that's what I personally feel that I can aspire to. So trying to work towards this power, for me, just seem, maybe, unless I don't get the concept properly, to me, it just doesn't feel feel right to, to work towards that. But I can't, I can't say that I think about um, assuming or, or, or having power, working on my power. I think, it, I think it's, and that's because society has made power seem such a negative. Power could be just the way you but influence it, other people. It depends on you. Yeah. able to control, control, control your life. No one likes it if mm. they say, hey, guys, I want to start a podcast. And everyone's like, oh, shut up, sure. Like, you know, like, that's <laughs> the element of power by being able to say something and being able to be... People listening. People but, listening. Yeah. People. Okay, but the question is, how does that book define power? But, the, mm. the, but before you do that, there are different types of power. 
Yeah. That's the thing and you need to distinguish because there's that coercive power, there's reward power, legitimate power, referent power, and I think there's another one, like expert power. So hmm. there are different types of power for us to really, until we define which one we're talking about, you know, Michael might be talking about a certain um, coercive power rather than a reward power or an expert power. And the book breaks up into just like Daniel said, multiple. there's multiple types of power. So the mm. book is not saying that, okay, I want you to have the archaic way of power and like kill everything around you. Like you're the, like it's not that there's element of it. Yes, that is that extreme, but that's how life is. There are people with that sort of mentality. So people with that mentality, by reading this book, you understand how they think. So then you can make strategies and plays against it. You have to see it as a game. And this is what the book tries to say is like, see it as a game. Mm. You can go around the world and say power does not exist. I don't want any power. Doesn't mean someone with power is not going to control you. Like, yeah. so it's right. just being aware of it. And I like the way the book is sort of structured. It really starts with, it's got 48 laws and we're not going to go through each laws. I'm going to pick some of the key ones that we could talk about it. But it, it, it says, it names a law. It then goes into the definition of the law. Then it gives an example, examples of people that followed the law and people that didn't follow the law and what the, the consequences of that was. And then it'll go into like quotes, but before we get into the law and the book even starts, it says something which is so true and I agree with, is before you can start playing this or going looking for power, you need to be able to control your emotions. Like, if you're not someone that can control mm. your emotions, you can't play this power game. You cannot play it. Mm. Because you'll mm. always be reactive. You, like, something happens to you, you'll get angry, you'll react straight away. You won't, you won't be strategic. You have to remove a certain level of emotions to play the yeah. power game. You, um, Oli, you think you can uh, remove your emotions? I, I do all the time. I'm like... I, I don't I, think you do, buddy. I don't think you do. I do all the time. I don't think you do. That's your personal opinion. See, I could have reacted it, but that's your personal opinion. I know it's my personal opinion. Everyone okay. has an opinion. But exactly. I'm saying sometimes you think you're control. You think you're you're managing it but in actual fact sometimes it can be perceived as though you're not and i'm not saying that's that, a negative exactly. thing mm. oh, oh, Pete, would you agree absolutely but you gotta absolutely. understand what the players so the play you gotta understand what the play it's coming across strong right now you know is he when i hear that i think i think of i think of the mafia mm. i think of um michael francine yeah. these types of guys right but um not showing any emotion yeah. So I think there's definitely levels to this. Mm. Um, the question is: Is do you want to prepare yourself to be that person? To be that person, where effectively, maybe there's different ways of doing. So it. the reason, the reason why I say emotions, the way the talk, the word, the book talks about is every human being has emotion. It's not reacting yeah. in a way to your emotions that you cannot control. So let's say a situation happens and you get angry. You get angry might be the correct play. Because by you getting angry, we'll show, okay, don't mess with that person. Don't cross that line. Don't, like, now, now what? That's after, that's after episode four of Take exactly. Podcast. And it, <laughs> and it won't happen again. Now, <laughs> otherwise, you could be someone that gets angry, but doesn't know the long game. You get angry and realize, oh, you know what? I need that person in the future, or I need to, like, yeah, there's different... Yeah, in, Showing emotion is not a problem. Like 50 cents at a time. 
certain times he's ruthless as some people. People mm-hmm. say, oh, that's not controlled. That is controlled. He's, he's making a point, point so that everyone else knows, okay, don't mess with this person. That is mm-hmm. that is a play. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You got to think about it, yeah. So, but I think this is, that's a, that's a key point, um, Oli, because for me personally, for example, I hate when there's times when if something has happened and I react in an angry or I lash out, and it's something that I try to make a conscious of it to not do. And I think personally, I think that I'm quite good at that, mm-hmm. unless you guys also disagree with that point. But it's something that I'm always conscious of because mm-hmm. I feel like if I lose my cool in front of other people, then in that situation, I'm losing that power and I'm giving that power to them. And this is something that I, I'd like to remain in control of as many situations as I can. Mm-hmm. And if we're having an exchange, which is an emotionally charged exchange, then I'd still rather not express that frustration um, because I, I, I think then I lose control of that situation. That's something that I don't like. But building on your point, Olu, sometimes you have to do it at the right time because sometimes it is important to give that message. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I'm trying to personally get better at. Um, but that's what... That's, uh, well, really and that, and that's what the book sort of goes into because there's a, there's a right time to do that and there's a wrong time to do that. Like yeah, if you're yeah. at work and you now lose your cool, start getting angry and whatever around your execs or whatever, that's not the right time to show your emotion. Someone that can't <laughs> control your emotions. If you're yeah. with your, um, you're out and about, a stranger comes and says something to you, mm. you reacting might show people, okay, around you, okay, he's not someone to play with. Like, he's not someone to, it's just like in the... Even in that example, even in that example, even in, in that example, sometimes I think if people randomly in the street would come mm. up and say something to me and they seem really charged up i think it's more powerful to not react to that i agree and just be, it, it depends. Agree. Just be like, the reason why it depends yeah. i'll tell you why it depends here is i've been in situations where i've been to a club and mm. i've seen someone disrespect someone yeah mm. Mm. and a person just sort of says ignores it walks away two minutes mm. later you see someone else disrespecting that person <laughs> really? and like yeah. you see in certain like in certain environments obviously it's not all different environments People mm. take advantage of what who they perceive as the weak, as who they perceive as weak. So by you, in certain situations, um, standing up for yourself, you're able to then show people, okay, I'm not someone to be played around with. I think it's all, it's, it's all about reading the situation. That exactly. might work in certain mm. situations, but uh, you know, uh, deploying what Sherelle said might even be, be stronger. Mm. Mm. and that doesn't necessarily mean and just to just it doesn't mean you're a weak person and it doesn't necessarily mean if someone's being rude to you you just are saying to them oh cheers mate but it's more powerful to be like don't kind of talk to me like that but stay kind of remaining cool about it i don't mean completely walking away and finishing Mm. it but just to be just to not react to it and then just have a civilized conversation about something but reacting to it doesn't have to be a violent i think you're taking reaction as a extreme by not reacting that's a problem. Okay, what does the book say about it? So let's go back to the book. <laughs> so then the next one it goes on to is um, and then before it goes into sort of the the rules, it talks about self ownership, and it tries to say that everything that you have or that happens in your life is based on your actions in most cases, and I think mm-hmm. it brings the power back to you, which a lot of people try to say, okay, uh, life is just life actions and stuff are happening. Mm, no a lot of times it's based on actions that we've made and in this book in terms of this rules that we haven't followed which has led to certain situations so it's like around certain people 
they were not all as very serious. Or I remember uni days. P is a perfect example. Some people were like, oh, P is always very serious. But no, he <laughs> created that image for himself because that also protected him from a lot of BS. That is mm. also an element of having an action, creating a persona or whatever to be able to protect you. That is a way of playing the power game. Um, so let's go into some of the powers or some of the laws of power um, so we can sort of discuss it. I'll, I won't go into too many, but I'll touch a few. Uh, um, I'll touch on some and a few. The first one, and which a lot of you can probably talk about, is never outshine the master. So what this one is like, do you believe that every one of you has got a master? Only the only the man above. Yeah, okay. Anyone else want to chime <laughs> in on that? Depends, it depends on the situation you're in. But if I think about it, it, it depends. What do you mean? If I mean, we the classic, one, the classic one is your is your um, your boss at work. What about you, Danny? What's your point? Not even that. You you got the government. You got the monarchy. They're in uh, positions of authority and power. They're essentially mm-hmm. controlling and dictating things for us. So, Shewell, your 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 response was based on ego. Yeah. Because you don't like the terminology of saying, oh, I've got a master, I report to someone. Every single person <laughs> on this in this world has got a master. You might not want to use the word master. Every single person has got one. Even the president yeah. or the prime minister has, has got a master. You have to answer to someone. Someone is more yeah, powerful yeah. than you. Yeah? yeah? So the book, when it says never outshine your master, is find out whoever is that person with more power than you. It can be your manager, whatever. Hmm. And be careful not to outshine that person because naturally human beings have got insecurities. So you could be in a meeting with your manager and you could be like, Oh, I'm going to throw the best presentation. Like <laughs> my manager's going to chime in. I'm like, no, no, that's not hundred percent. Correct. It's actually <laughs> his insecurity is going to feel okay. Is he trying to take my job? Is he trying to make a move? Mm, Which is then... this is interesting. I've I've seen examples of this before. Huh? If I've got a presentation to deliver, I'm going to deliver the presentation, bro. Well, you probably seen it. I've seen examples of that, P, where where you do a piece of work mm-hmm. and the people, the people as Ollie's classifying them as the masters or whoever is above you, they do sometimes throw those things out. And I never yeah, thought no. I never thought of it how you thought of it, Ollie. But that is a sign of. Uh, insecurity now and this you learn, you learn you learn that one in martial arts so if you are if you are lower grade belt and you're fighting a higher grade belt you're supposed to go and you're doing the the um the committee you're supposed to go along with their beat if that makes sense so even if for example i know i'm better than the person that i'm fighting they just happen to have a higher belt than me i can't show off too much or flex or disrespect them in such a way i kind of have to go along and one time i didn't someone pulled me to the side and said you're supposed to go along with <laughs> so i didn't understand it but um it speaks to that mm. point yeah so that's the key one is yeah and that's um your job whenever you got a master per se is to make that mm. person look good mm. when you do that that person would then be able to advance you in your career put different plays for you etc another one is um which i really like is always say less than necessary so a lot is similar to like don't always show all your cards similar Mm -hmm. to that sort of terminology um also you'll find that by saying less which daniel doesn't do (laughs) um 
you don't. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't fall for the, you don't fall for the trap of sounding stupid. Have you ever been in certain meetings and someone is waffling on, and then by the fact that they're talking so much, they end up saying something that's completely stupid, and you're like, "Wait, mm. you should have just stopped at the beginning. No one would have known you're stupid or you don't understand this." Especially, especially if you're getting, especially if you're getting ordered. Wait, so you're, what? So you're saying I do that? Huh? You say you're saying I do that. I'm not saying to the full extreme, but I'm saying you can you can say less. Ooh, only sending shots. Yeah, these these early mornings, only that's what you think. But I say let what you say be the tip of the iceberg of what you know. Okay. Actually, do you know what? My personal experience with Daniels, I feel like he he's the type that actually says less personally. P, what do you think? Or maybe maybe you guys have different experiences. I'm finding it. Um... I need to read the book. Yeah, right it's now, very interesting. Right now, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't like, I, I don't see myself sitting in a meeting, strategizing about, okay, don't only say this piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, it, it seems like a lot of brain work that has to go into it, which is fine. But that's the power like, game. You, know, you have to be, you have to be strategic what, about it. I think, I think, um, I think what I like to understand when I read the book is, is the, is the benefits mm. from from playing that game. So mm-hmm. and also. And also, um, yeah, seeing how that plays. Question out. I for you: In a meeting, in a meeting when your CEO is there or CFO is there, how much does your CFO talk in a meeting? Oh, it depends. It varies. I think. Yes, I mean some some talk too much because they're still insecure. They're not they're not necessarily firm in their position. Uh, and some and some who, yeah, I've, my, in my past experience, actually in 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 all of my. No, I, to be honest, I think they speak a fair amount. But I mean, there's there's there's, there's a very few senior executives that basically just chip in or chime in with one. Or I two always words. find, and in most situations, whoever's got a power in a room in any discussion, really or doesn't overly speak. They will chime in when they speak. Everyone listens. Everyone gravitates. They move the room. It's similar to the sort of thing where you say that the weakest person in the room is the loudest person. It's the loudest. The one that talks the most. Mm. And I've seen that in so many mm. situations where I've gone out or whatever situations where you're like, this guy's overly talking, overly hyping, overly doing so much. And you're like, yo, this guy's insecure. It's his insecurity that's making him continuously talk. And people notice that. And that's sort of the power game. I'll talk about one more because I know we've, we've run up on sort of time. Um, another one is recreate yourself. And I think um, it really basically says that no matter what you do or who you are, you should always recreate yourself. And it's a saying like, be what you want to be. So don't let society or life dictate who you are, but create who you want to be. Which as another law yeah. is like, act like a king, like you're already a king. So by acting like a king, people will start treating you like a king because that's sort of, how you act and how you're perceived. So whoever you want to be, be, and you'll see that people will start reacting to it based on the perception or the character that you've created. Um, yeah, well, how, how, how I interpret that, and I think it's it's a long, effectively is visualizing who you want to be in the not so distant future. Mm. And it's assuming that person today, mm. which you are not already are. So, and I actually, I actually had a discussion earlier this week, or let's say I had a, a therapy session where the lady actually had me step into my future self and have my future self speak mm. to who I am today. And what would they say to me? So 
it's a, it's this recreating yourself. I think is a lot to do with uh, visualize who you want to be, and then start dressing, acting, talking like that person today. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's this has got like I mentioned forty eight different laws. Um, I would definitely recommend it just to understand. One, if you're not someone sort of gravitating and wanting power, but understand some of the laws in which people with power actually follow and use. And then now by reading this book, you're going to start seeing how um, decisions that people make. And you're going to be like, ah, that person's doing that. Ah, that person's doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to know how to react based on what sort of plays or laws that people are following. It's got stuff like... Yeah, I think... I think that's key because actually when I was listening to you talk about the book, I was thinking, I was putting myself in a position where I have to start making these power plays. But actually, you can read the book to understand what other people are doing. are made effectively on you mm-hmm, and your, mm-hmm. it raises your yeah, level like, of awareness. So it's, yeah. it's got so many, it's got so it many different for, like laws, like yeah. your, yeah. like defend your reputation over anything. Like your reputation is like the most important thing that you have to, which we all know based on work and everything whatever people perceive of you is so true like never appear to be too perfect there's just so many different laws that in here that you can have it follow or or analyze and see how people do it so F- so Oli, what do you want to repeat the the name and author yeah so it's the 48 laws of power by robert green okay perfect i've literally just ordered it now off amazon as we speak so, so is that is that the the end of episode 18 so guys we hope you enjoyed this week's episode about side hustles and olu's uh, book review about the 48 laws of power just wanted to thank you all for listening if you've made it to the end of the episode special thank you to you and um, again as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode when when we don't have any marketing budget we just continue to grow every week because of word of mouth and because of you our amazing listeners who continue to listen and share with your friends and family and whoever you want to share it with. So please continue to tag us on Instagram at, at take flight podcast. Um, and let us know if there's any suggestions, anything that you want us to talk about, please let us know anytime. We're always listening, always improving. And uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you. So have a good week. God bless and keep listening to take flight. Podcast. Peace. Take care. Take off. Take-